Team Taz is growing, the women's division is growing, and the Moxley family is growing. It's not a fleet, ladies and gentlemen. It is Elite of the Week. Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jack Farmer. I'm coming to you live from the world-famous Elite of the Week studios here in Southern California, and have we got a show for you. But before I get into all of the craziness that happened today, I'm going to bring on my partner, I'm going to bring on my colleague, the man that doesn't have to be the law to run this courtroom. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Flo Bo Boyce. Flo Bo. You How know, are you doing? I, yeah, I got this pregnant wife at home and it's just been rough. But uh, other than that, I'm great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a Judge Dredd uh, reference, by the way. I, I try to that. get a different hero. I, I like them both. I try to get a different hero every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, the second Judge Dredd, sneaky underrated. Yes. Was, I thought it was a a very good, just straight up action movie. Uh, nothing to do with AEW, but I feel yes. very, I think it's very important to mention this. Uh, yeah. um, but the, interesting, last week was a show, an episode that I think had its struggles. This one seemed to bounce back pretty well, I thought. But overall, what did you think of this week's AEW Dynamite? Yeah, you know, AEW works better when they book backwards. And now, with December 2nd on the horizon, we got Omega and Moxley. Everything is falling into place. We got some character developments. We got some returns. We got some new interpretations of factions. We'll get to all that later. So to me, I think it's on the right track, especially compared to last week. Yeah, it definitely felt like, I don't know if something just was a mistake last week or it just didn't click last week or if whatever happened, you know, things happen, live productions. I don't know. Maybe you don't know until things happen. I don't know what happened last week, but this week it definitely felt like they righted the ship. It definitely felt like they got things going again because I feel like I'm totally invested in a lot of different things right now. I always like to start with the biggest story of the night, Flobo. You know that's what I like to do. And the biggest story of the night is always around the world title, but it's not oh. just the title. Come on, Flobo, we have to talk about it. John Moxley spilled the beans. He's got a kid on the way. How crazy is that? What an interesting way to let the world know. Yeah, you know what? It, it's funny because, you know, 2020, everything's all documented on social media. There's, like, People Magazine articles and all that. But it seems almost delightfully old school how it was almost a throwaway line in a promo. And, frankly, I, when he said it, I go, oh, yeah, I read it. What? Like, it took a minute to blow off my mind that, oh, my gosh, yeah. that he's going to be Papa Moxley. So. Awesome. Yeah, it was interesting. I felt like I had to like I had to Google it. Actually, I was like, wait a minute, is that not? Do we know this? Is this common knowledge? Um, and then uh, you know, you go on Twitter and and it's totally blowing up. And what a smart thing to do, obviously, to get people to tune in and to look. And I'm not saying it was a publicity stunt. I'm just saying <laughs> Let's it's have a night for its promo. <laughs> it's, it, I'm just saying it, it 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 works hand in hand. It's very synergetic, as the corporate suits like to say. True. Uh, um. The story isn't the promo that John Moxley cut, but uh, I did want to touch on it. It's interesting to me because it's something that with John Moxley, we see these promos very often. We've seen a lot of them, him somewhere off site or away from the ring, talking with a lot of uh, energy, a lot of emotion, saying a lot of just really cool, cool things. And uh, part of me was like, I've seen this before. 
But then part of me is like, this is also still really entertaining. Is it something where does he need to switch things up? Or if, is it a situation of if it ain't broke, don't fix it? Uh, a little bit of both, but more of the latter. He's the thing about John Moxley, he's very, very, he's one of the most defined characters on that brand. I mean, the fact that he was able to be himself and himself be better than we ever seen Jonathan Good before helps out a lot. And I think a lot of his promos tend to be stale because his storylines are stale or his, his, uh, his rivalries. Like, I was getting off board with the Eddie Kingston thing, so the promos didn't slap as I thought they would, as the kids say. But now, we got a refreshed Omega. We got a guy on a path to a wrestling match to end all wrestling matches. Yeah, you know, easy does it. It's like the movie Avatar. You know what? You have all this money invested in this thing. Why try to reinvent the wheel? We're all going to show up anyway. We love blue creatures. Why not just give us a classic Moxie promo? Man, I think you might be the only person on the planet saying that the promos didn't slap between Eddie and John. It was all Eddie, man. I'm sorry. I said uh, it. I said it. I, I refer to them by their first names because we're close like that. Um, but really, you 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 felt that way. I thought they did yeah. an amazing job. I mean, that's yesterday's news. But I thought Eddie Kingston did a fantastic job. But we all knew that that John Moxley could do a lot, and it really felt like he gave us the bleed plus stuff. Like, look, I love double quarter pounder with cheeses. They're delicious, but they weren't the best burgers. Not saying that John Moxley does bad promos. I'm just saying I've seen him cook a steak. I've seen him put the seasoning on it. Give me some more. Hey, it may not be a seasoned steak, but the Quarter Pounder is still the most popular burger in town. I, I you know, I, but I, I kind of, I get what you're saying about it being stale, but like as the champion, isn't that kind of the role? You're the guy with the title and you fight off the people coming for you. Isn't that kind of how that, that role works? It is an unenviable position, right? Everyone wants to be the champion. Everyone wants to be on top, but to be interesting on top takes a lot because wrestling fans, present company included, tend to get really mm -hmm. bored. So you're right. It's a very high degree of difficulty. And to, to, to John Moxley's credit, he's done it better than a lot of current champions across the entire plane of professional wrestling. But that doesn't mean he's immune. And I felt like it was a, not saying it's bad. It's not night and day here. But it was, I think it was a little bit of a dip. But this interpretation and the bombshell kind of put him back into, I wonder what's going to happen next category. And see, the difference is mm -hmm. to me is after the promo tonight, I wonder what Moxley was going to go after the show. Whereas last week or week before the storyline before it was like, that's dope promo. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, after the promo, he has a contract signing or at least he has one scheduled. He doesn't make it. John Moxley was knocked out backstage. And the first thing I'm thinking when I see this is who could have done it. And when I say who could have done it, I'm asking who could have done that? Who could have knocked out and taken out John Moxley, a guy who's basically been beaten half to death over and over again and continues to stay standing? Yeah. And who who could have had the ability to take out a John Moxley that way? And of course, as you and I have talked about before, we love the mysteries. We love the who done it. Of course, we have an idea. But my first thought, Flobo. Who could have taken out John Moxley backstage? Well, it's obviously a teleporting Kitty Omega. I mean, that's a. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it reminds you of the Flash comics. You know, the Flash is the fastest person on, on on the planet Earth, and someone goes, "How could anyone get the better of the Flash?" 
But his worst enemies are people who are good with cold, people who can make him slip, people who give trick mirrors. There's different ways to skin a cat. And I was thinking on the roster, I'm not sure if you agree, but I'm going to go for it anyway. You need someone that has a base level of toughness. So you can't shove Moxley. You got to hit really, mm-hmm. really hard. Someone yeah. a reckless abandon. Someone who says, I know it's risky, but I'm going to go for it. And also, someone that to attack Moxley to benefit himself in the eyes of Kenny Omega. So I'm thinking some cowboy-ish there, Jack Farmer, Hangman, Adam Page. I love it. I love it. Hangman, Adam Page. You're right, because he has been mysteriously MIA since mm-hmm. Full Gear. And it, that's interesting. That would be a very interesting twist on that Flobo. I, that's why I love having you on the show. You always think of things that I don't think about. I thought it was the dancing girls. <laughs> <laughs> the sweepers? <laughs> the su- I thought it was the sweepers How that did it. <laughs> Backstage, you came over here, Moxley. Yeah, sure. Wow. I, I bet if you get closer look at that broomstick, there's blood on it. And I bet if you run that through a CSI DNA sequencer, you would find out that it was one John Moxley's blood. And that's how you'd find it out. That's a CSI thing. That's how you Seven do, star right? Angle right there. Seven stars. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it was the cleaning girls. <laughs> uh, so the um, now Omega, he signs the contract. He implies that John Moxley's trying to get out of their match. Uh, something they they mentioned that I thought was interesting. Their last match, Kenny Omega lost, but it was technically an unsanctioned match, meaning it technically doesn't count. Meaning technically. They're both O and O against each other. Um, obviously, Kenny Omega coming out, looking a little bit like the nefarious version, the cleaner that we've seen before. The big question here for me is, oh, one, obviously, how'd you feel about Kenny and how he composed himself during a contract signing? And the biggest question, Flobo, was this the most professional contract signing we've seen in the history of pro wrestling? I mean, no tables got broken, no fisticuffs were pulled out, and the contract just got signed, and the guy walked away. Has we ever seen this before? If it's true or not, Tony Cervani was nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. It was almost scarily good how nothing happened. And that made you go, I wonder what's going to happen. Uh, Yeah, we're getting the cleaner now. He's a lot more, you know, assertive. He's a lot more confident. Personally, I'm this close to being on board. I'm not off board. I'm not saying it's I'm just saying a little bit more about how this cleaner is going to be a threat to Moxley. I know he's great. I know he's won the matches. But in AEW, let me know how he's going to be a threat uh, to Moxley. And I'm on board. Uh, But, yeah, that was pretty much smooth signing. Smooth signing, smooth yeah. sailing, smooth something. Yeah, smooth signing. I like it. I think that's a good a good way to phrase it. Uh-huh. The uh, I I do agree with you. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense that he's he's kind of changing the way he's approaching things. I mean, it's working for him. He's got a world title shot, so yeah. I'm not going to nitpick that. Things are going his way. Uh, but it does seem like why why are you now so different? You should be happy. You should be happier than you were before. Not meaner. Not colder. But again, it's working for him. I like to think if things are working, you stick with them. You keep yeah. doing them. You keep making things happen. Uh, I'm excited for this match. They keep calling it Winter is Coming, another kind of branded uh, episode. It appears that December 2nd card looking like it's going to be very stacked. Uh, have you changed your opinion after today about John Moxley's chances on December 2nd? His chances? Uh... Uh, it's hard to say. I, I would say if we get a reveal of who did it, then yes, 
that is a whole, you know, tip the scales to things. Uh, but if we don't, then I'm not so sure, because Moxley is pretty good. I think, I think on paper, even though Kenny Omega is now the new cleaner, he is still technically the underdog. So I think it was a, it was a purposeful attack to make us go, can Moxley survive Kenny Omega? So I wish we get a reveal of who was a fair, who was a nair duel, as you would say in the show. Yeah. To align himself and really stack the deck, because if we're going to want to see Kenny Omega vanquished, then we have to give a good reason why. If you want John Moxley to prevail, give me a reason why, not just because he's the champ. Well, I want to give people a reason why they should hit the like button, hit the comment button, uh, subscribe and share the show. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching along. Thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in, sharing, like I said, hitting the like button. Of course, those are all such important things and those help us. And it's the it's the way the world works, Flobo. You got to beg and plead for likes and comments and shares and subscribes. It's just the world we live in. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys so much for doing it. Something that seemed to get a lot of likes, comments, and subscribes today on the show was a documentary called Boundless. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to, to see it, but there was uh, it, it, it's like a, a documentary about the first year of AEW uh, put together by Director X. I thought it looks really cool. I think it looks very interesting. I'm excited to see what they come up with. And it's it's interesting to me that already year one, AEW is already starting to put together their, I guess, uh, the AEW network. I think I'm losing you there a bit. Oh, but no. I can, I, I can talk about Boundless real quick. I mean, look, look Director X... Formerly Little X is one of the most premier hip-hop video directors. I mean, he has a career spanning about 25 years. I mean, that was kind of like a milestone for a rapper that period. You know, get a, a, a video directed by Little X. His eye for visuals means a lot. And if I could be that bold, there are some characters in that trailer, which was like, what, two minutes? Less than two mm -hmm. minutes? I'm talking yeah. Nyla Rose, for example, specifically, where I am more on board with her now. After that visual interpretation of Nyla Rose, granted a sledgehammer makes anyone look more badass. Yeah, <laughs> then, then I have all, 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 yeah, as for Blake, yeah, as for a year, and yeah, if you guys know me offline, I'm, I'm not. I'm this is this is 100% Flobito. I had made some comments about the presentation. I'm saying we're the alternative because we're the alternative, but I do think in this trailer we can actually see the differences, which is a lot more important than what was actually said in that trailer. So I'm on board to watch it, probably for a different reason. Uh, probably to see how this works in that docu-series world, how much it was it's going to be Imagineering, how much is actually going to be grit, how much is it going to be um, actual documentation. So, yeah, I think it's a cool, cool uh, combination for them. And that photo shoot Cody had with uh, Director X a couple of weeks back in tying with this was the uh, the opening bow, I guess, shot across the bow, I guess. Yeah, I think it, it looks amazing. I'm really excited to see hey, it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, hey, what... I appreciate Haywood because he blames it on you. I so, know. What? Uh, yeah, Flo, stop, Flo, stop making people crash. I agree. It could not be my my ongoing rivalry with Frontier. They sent me an email today. It says we are now going to be Frontier Fiber Optics instead of Frontier FiOS, and I'm really glad that they've spent their time during quarantine working on their name instead Synergy. of this stuff. But. Um, 
something that Je- uh, at Jesse the Buckeye, friend of the show, oh. uh, said on Twitter. I thought this was interesting. She says that it may sound crazy, it may sound wild, but she thinks that they need AW needs to throw some money at the advertisers and get that aired during the Super Bowl. Uh, now we don't know anything about advertising, Flobo, but. Do you think that's a play? Do you think that's something that they could put on a Super Bowl and try to get more viewers with, or do you think you gotta, you'd have to, you'd have to be a, a fan to get it? Uh, you mean the? I hope the commercial. Yeah, the care. boundless. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The, I was the like, ba- if, you're, if you're doing like a full series or something. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, you know, no, Con, the con's got money. That'd be a baller <laughs> move. Just take out the entire every single commercial. Yeah. <laughs> That, that, would be, done. <laughs> that would be a baller right. move. They'd be bankrupt, but I don't know if they'd be right, bankrupt. Right. The Jack will make Super Bowl? Like, we're making Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I, 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 like the, I like the rationale behind it. Get it in front of as many eyes as possible. But I don't think that will quite convert. Because, and this is not just an AEW problem. I'm not throwing shade. Wrestling, by any metric, is still a niche thing. There is still a stigma with it being shown as an alternative sport. It's not really real. <clears throat> that's why That's why a lot of the wrestling pundits and journalists wrote spilled so much ink about the Fox Sports deal. But Fox was in a different position because they didn't see the content because your studio went over to Disney. Cyber. Mm-hmm. So, to answer your question, I do think maybe you could do it in the pregame show just to say, I've done it. But I would not recommend putting that, what, $4.7 million up for a spot uh, with Boundless. I wouldn't do it. Whew, $4.7 That's insane. Um, but, hey, good for them. If I could charge $4.7 million to have uh, – if I could charge Brosters $4.7 million for me to say their brand. You can afford Brosters. I would, uh, <laughs> I would definitely be like, yeah, $4.7 million. If I asked for $4.7 million, they would not even respond to me. Um, but I want to talk about uh, Brosters. They're amazing. I love their coffee. If you Brosters. haven't bought any yet, go to Broster, the, the Brosters.com, promo code BROCODE1. The, uh, I want to talk I about- have a question. What should I try? I tried to pop a New Guinea before. I want to try a second flavor. What's your second or what's your next recommendation? The uh, Nicaragua blend. Okay, I will add that to my list. That's the, that's the next one. Um, so uh, I want to talk about PAC. Uh, PAC came back- this was his first match back after eight months, I believe. The first thing I want to – the story of this whole uh, – the match part of this was that Pack is back. Uh, I want to ask you, though, Flobo, after seeing him, after watching the match, last week Tony Khan said that something that was going to alter or shift the power in professional wrestling um, was going to happen. That happened to Pack coming back. Now – Tony Khan's a promoter. He's got to make it sound bigger, larger than life. I think maybe in all of wrestling that might be an overstatement. But in AEW, within the confines of AEW, does it kind of feel like the power has shifted now that Pac is back? So I was going to be like, oh, heck no. I don't really get it. You know, come on, Tony Khan. You're overstating it. But uh, maybe I'm jumping ahead a bit. Ahead, ahead a bit With the presumable reformation of the Death Triangle it can, because we were heading towards, and we still kind of are, having these mega factions in the mm-hmm. promotion. Dark Order, the Nightmare Family, the, the family, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, the, uh, the Eddie Kingston group. Uh, yeah. And so it was like these giant, like, it was almost like, like, like Hogwarts. Like, which house are you in? <laughs> 
But what yeah. I like about this one, this one is almost how SCU used to be, like a smaller, more nimble faction that can actually get involved with things, probably be easier to write and feature, and not have to involve so much talent. So I guess on that level, but it's kind of hard to p- convey that visually, right, with Pac showing up. Yeah. Yeah, Pac just looking like a a monster. One of the best bodies going, I think, in, in pro wrestling and AEW. I mean, I know Brian Cage. We'll talk about him in a little bit. But, um, geez, good for him. I don't know what his workout regimen looks like, but it is much more difficult than mine is. That's for sure. Um, he had a match with the Blade. I love the Blade, Flobo. I love Butcher yeah. and the Blade. Um, it seems like he, they are having a lot of trouble building momentum to get some dubs. And, you know, a lot of other companies, uh, other companies, uh, one in particular, gets a lot of grief online about the guys and girls that everyone seems to love, everyone seems to be into, but don't seem to get the momentum going, don't seem to get the the support, so to say, uh, from mm-hmm. the company. Is, is Butcher and the Blade AEW's version of that? Or am I just maybe buying too much into these guys? Uh, there is a phrase that insiders use, which I won't, but I'll just say it here for instruction purposes because I'm an outsider. It's jobber to the stars. And these are talents that are not necessarily there to lose, but they're there to inflate the stakes in that moment. So Pat coming back and facing people who aren't signed to AEW and are dark, it's nothing. But once the, the match was announced that it was going to be the, the blade against Pat, we had no doubt in our mind. Now, the match itself was great, and the shoulder blade can go. And I do think they deserve more opportunities. They deserve to get more wins. They deserve to be in that title picture. But with the Young Bucks on top of that triangle and all their old rivals there, it's going to be a high, a long while there, Jack, before the Butcher and Blade get their due, which doesn't mean it's, it's forever, but I think for now, they're going to be the one to inflate the stakes for someone coming back or to put someone in that position to go for the titles. Well, I love those guys. I think that they are, are good. I think they, they have good matches. They visually, I think, look amazing. I think if you're someone who doesn't watch wrestling and you're flipping through the channels or you're, you know, what they call one of those uh, um, lapsed fans, maybe you used to watch and now you're flipping through the channel and you see it. I think those are two guys that you go, ooh, who are these yeah, guys? Uh, I agree with you. I just want to see more of them. I, I'm not going to argue your point. I just, I like them. I would like to see more of them. I want to see them rough up some folks. I want to see them beat some folks up. I enjoy that. I want to but see more right, of them. you're right, Jack. I, I feel like if, if wrestling was just dumb, but if wrestling was a novelization, if you read wrestling every week. <laughs> yeah. If you, I think the Butcher and Blades characters are that great. that You can pull a lot from. So I think you'll get their due. And I think they're so they're so pliable and that you can put them in so many different places and have them you can have them go beat up some guys that everyone likes and you'll be like, I hate these guys and it will be a great story. Or if they beat up someone that everyone hates, you'll be like, yeah, finally they're going after the guys that we hate. They're really going to, you know, get one on them. I, I just, I think that, man, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of, a lot of ways you can use those guys. I think that I like them. I just want them to do well. That's all I'm going to say about those two. It's like aprons. Uh, I do too. Uh, yeah, aprons are great. You know, I mean, they keep you keep your front clean. But they keep the back open. There's pockets sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's like a it's like buttless chaps that go all the way up. <laughs> I just teed it up for you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the the real story here, obviously, Pack wants a shot at Eddie Phoenix came out and uh, came to aid Pack. I 
I blew up for this moment. I was like, oh my God, Phoenix is going to be the biggest hero of all time, changing to help his old buddy. Then Penta came out and it was it was such great TV, Flobo, in that you're wondering what Penta is going to do now. And you're sat there and um, wondering is, is he what side is he going to be on? I know Phoenix and, and Penta have had their issues and you're you're wondering how this is going to play out. He teams with his old friends, the Death Triangle. I can't speak Spanish, so I can't say it in the cool Spanish way. But man, I think this is cool. I think Butcher Blade, Eddie Kingston versus Pac and the Lucha Brothers is going to be one hell of a feud. I want to see these guys go at it, and you can have them mix and match in so many different ways. Uh, it feels a little bit like AEW is getting back on the track they were on before everything shut down. How do you feel about breaking up the family and now having the death triangle and the family together? Or yeah, you again, know, yeah. I, I like the family. I thought it was pretty solid, but it did seem a little bit, as they say in SCT books, disparate. I felt like, why are these guys hanging with these guys? Like, what bars are they hanging out with? Do they play Xbox? Are they PS2 fans? I have no idea. No idea. So to me, it was kind of disjointed. So I was okay with them breaking off. And the question I have to ask you, Jack, is was it the right call to revive the Death Triangle? Because that's something we liked, something we thought it was cool. Pat goes away for a long time. You know, he could be going his own, or the Lucha Bros can go back in the tag division. Uh, I'm not quite sure if that was the, the, the best idea, but I will say tonight... It was. Tonight, it made the most sense. Tonight, I want to see more. And Pac seems like a nice guy, apparently. Comparatively. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he doesn't seem like a nice guy at all. He seems terrifying. You know, he's, he's fighting Eddie <laughs> Kingston, man. He's nice in <laughs> my book. <laughs> By the way, line of the night, commentary line of the night, Eddie Kingston, when he says, uh, Pac won't be a bastard tonight because Blade's going to be his dad. Yeah. I'm, I mean, you know what? It's about uh, high times. I would make fun of that. It's like, he's the best of pack, but why? why? <laughs> Dad's right there. <laughs> uh, so I think this is going to play out really, really well. I think it's going to lead to great matches. It, it, is it? I don't know the long-term storytelling. I don't know where it's going to go. I don't know what the end game is for either of these guys, uh, for any of these six guys. I just know that based on what we're seeing here today, I want to see what happens next. They always say if you're reading a book, the goal of a sentence is to get you to want to read the next sentence. And I want to read the next sentence right now, Flobo. I want to see them have their match. If I, if I can nitpick Flobo, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty positive all around usually. Uh, I got to nitpick one thing on Wednesdays. <laughs> yeah. uh, I got to nitpick one thing. What was that? They kind of showed their hand when Penta came out wearing a brand new Lucha Brothers sweatshirt. Really? I that went over my head then. I guess I'm not uh, a cute fans, I think. <laughs> I don't know. I I saw him coming out wearing I don't know if it's brand new, but I've never seen it before. And yeah, I neither think have I. you're wearing a brand new Lucha Bros shirt. I doubt I doubt you're gonna turn on your brother right as you're launching new merch. Um <laughs> That was my one little bit of like, a, uh, but it was a cool shirt. It's a, I think it's it's fine. That's just my one little uh, so gripey. Let me ask you this though: thing. If Penta came out with the shirt on and hit Phoenix, that'd be the biggest swerve ever, wouldn't it? It would. Well, then that I, shirt. then I'd be nit, I'd be nitpicking. Uh, I mean, like, why do you make a new shirt if you're not gonna? <laughs> we can't win. I love it. 
No one, no, no one can win. Um, it's uh, yeah, I, I think that's fun. I think it's going to be a good time, uh, and I think at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And speaking of good times, the inner circle had themselves quite a fun time. Uh, this was interesting. I thought it was a fun way to sort of show the way the new inner circle is is coming together. MJF is stealing Sammy's cards, but Sammy gets revenge by writing all over his face. Uh, you kind of see how Santana is becoming more friendly with MJF as, as Ortiz still isn't quite there. Uh, Hager and Wardlow still mad dogging each other, battling it out to beat people up. Jericho and MJF still one up in each other with the drinking. Uh, Conan showed up, which was just a fun throwback. There's a few, a few cameos, uh, yeah. within these things. Uh, Swaggle. it was Swaggle was there at the end. Um, it, to me, it was, it was kind of, it, it, it moved like I thought it was good because it was sort of like one of those things saying, okay, now they're gelling. They've been together for a bit. In the end, it wasn't necessarily super important to have seen, but I thought it was fun and did its job. Um, what did you think of this? I'm, I'm agreeing with you. That's the, the, the headline there. I thought it was great the first time. If they would just call that first half of this a couple scenes in a second, that had been the perfect segment because it does seem like everyone got into a room and was like, Tony, we gotta go to Vegas. Why? An angle. <laughs> you know, like, but, but I, I would have personally done without the hangover reference. Um, only because mm -hmm. the movie's about 11 years and it makes things seem a bit stale by now. Yeah. But them doing all the card tricks definitely seems, Hey, if, if you took MJF into this rich privileged kid who still feels the need to cheat in wrestling, in Vegas, what would he do? I think that was a perfect stuff for all of them. So if I if I was redoing it, I would have done one scene at the top of the show or in the middle of the show, a couple elements from the second part and cut the hangover stuff out and it would have been perfect. Yeah, I think where I think it, some people I know may look at it and say, hey, it was silly, it was goofy. These are supposed to be these tough dudes uh, that are bad people that beat people up. And that's kind of where they're trying to get back on track to next week. Uh, but I say like... I don't know how many ways you can show guys hanging out backstage talking and not getting along. This is a fresh way of doing it. I thought, yeah. um, I did think that I, I want to hang out with them. That's still probably I, like, I want to party yeah. with these guys. All of them, uh, like three groups happening at once. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just in the middle, just having fights going around you. <laughs> sure. By the way, Ortiz is the MVP. Everyone else was totally torn up the next day, but he was right back at the workout routine. Yeah. Like, There's always that one friend, man. Like, how do uh, you even? <laughs> I hate that. The, the one guy that you're in Vegas, you're partying, you're hungover the next day, your head's killing you, yeah. and they're like, hey, are we going to go hit the gym? Dude, we ate 100,000 calories of buffet yesterday. We're going to do it again today. It's not going to help us to walk on a treadmill for 30 minutes, buddy. Let's just sleep in and get our... That's very specific, get... Jack. I don't know if this happens all the time. <laughs> I am Don't not making – this is not hypothetical, Flobo. <laughs> so many friendships ruined. Yes. Uh, fun inside joke. We both know who I'm – like, we both know the guy I'm talking about. Anyways, uh, I want to move on. Uh, I want to move on to Thunder Rosa versus Serena D for the NWA World's Heavyweight Championship uh, for the women. And um, – uh, this is uh, – I, I thought this was a great match. I think um, the NWA Women's Championship always seems to have banger matches, always seems to do good stuff. Um, and I, I don't know what contract situations are, Flobo. I don't like to 
pretend I know. I don't like to speculate on on the deals that people have for like the NWA being on TV versus their own people on TV or what that means for other people. I just know what I see on AEW or what I see on whatever show I'm watching, whether or not I like it. And um, we're going to talk for a minute about the women's wrestling on AEW this week and, and what they've set up. And I think that right now they have really set up a lot of really cool things. But again, I want to start off with Serena Deeb, Thunder, Thunder Rosa, um, another just great women's match uh, that NWA had on AEW. Yeah, I, I'm I'm inclined to agree. You know, I I won't say that I was I'm not a hater, but I was very neutral on both Serena Deep and Thunder, especially Thunder Rosa. I felt like when when she came to AEW, there was a lot of hype over the summer. I didn't quite see it at the time, uh, but given the circumstances today. I, I think she's bona fide. I mean, you can mm-hmm. tell she's hit the gym. You can tell she's trained to, to be a number one contender to work at that TV pace. And so uh, I was impressed with that matchup. And I know you're going to ask follow-up questions, so, but I won't go too meandering on that. But I do feel like the NWA Women's Division is an attraction division. It's something you want to see. How is this going to be defended? What's going to be? How is this match going to be built? Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I mean, between uh, those two and like Allison Kay recently and lots of people who are just great that they're getting on there. I've always been, well, I, not my whole life, I haven't been a fan of Thunder Rosa, but I like Thunder Rosa. I've been a fan of hers for a no, long you time. Have. You have. My, my whole life, I, will, I remember at my third, my, my third birthday being like, Thunder Rosa, she's great. <laughs> uh, my, um, uh, but uh, I think she's great. I think she's, she's someone that has a cool look that stands out that I think is easy to connect with and she wrestles well. Uh, I don't know what her status is. Again, I, something I was thinking about, Again, I don't know contract situations, uh, but it, it's weird to me. It seems that when you look at all the wrestlers who are not specifically tied to a network television wrestling company, right? Okay. So um, the ones basically, I guess, WWE, AEW. Um, this is like the deepest – I don't like saying indie because I feel like that's an out-of-date term because like what is indie anymore? There's so, like, it's basically are you on network television, right? What is craft brewing, Jack? I don't like, know. It's exactly. So I just like the people who aren't on network wrestling shows. I feel like this is the deepest like option available ever. Like there's so many talented people right now who aren't on network TV. Um, I don't know if this is a plug basically for alternatives outside of AW and WWE, but uh, sure. it just seems between like the women's division in in, in the NWA between um, just the 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 people you're seeing in other companies. Uh, like MLW got a, you know, it restarted today and just seems like there's so many mm-hmm. amazing wrestlers everywhere. And AEW seems to be doing a pretty good job, in my opinion, of kind of taking advantage of that and letting them compete on their show, whether they're contracted. I, again, I don't want to, I, I don't know contract situations, but I, or what Thunder Rose's situation is or what yeah. Serena Deeb's situation is or whatever. Uh, on their shows i think it's a win-win for everybody you know it's one of the things where to AEW's credit they do seem to listen to their fans or they do have uh what they call the the social listeners on on twitter or whatnot and and the women's division has been a point of contention with fans of the brand either you are the camp that's approving or you're saying it's not and uh to AEW's credit they've tried many times to to soft reboot or to give women more time, to introduce new characters, to introduce loner characters. Like, they are working on their formula because whereas, like, 
tag team wrestling was a total blind spot where they can fill in. They just took some time to find out what does women's AEW wrestling is. And we saw that this year. When the NWA title came to AEW, it felt like a show was within a show. And mm-hmm. I'm sure anyone at, at any level, whether you're a producer or a backstage or whatever, going, how come we don't have that yet? So that's going to come with time. And I think with having the crossover, I don't know, because I don't know contracts, of Thunder yeah. Rosa and Brick Baker, maybe the start of that. Now, you don't want to make an NWA clone. That's NWA's formula. But I do think now more than ever, the women's division in AEW has a chance to really have its own secret sauce. And I, I, I'm glad you said that because that's kind of where I want to go. I'm just going to throw out a whole bunch of stuff at you right now, and then Do we'll it. just kind of jump all over whatever we think is best. But during the match, the big story here, obviously, Britt Baker and Reba slash Rebel come out and attack Thunder Rosa, uh, and it looks like that it looks like Thunder Rosa is not going to let that slide. She comes back and attacks Britt Baker later. We also have Jade attacking uh, Brandy backstage. And uh, Nyla Rose is there helping her, but Swole comes in as well, and Vicky Guerrero is there. I'm now sat here thinking to myself, um, and, and of course we also had a promo with the Dark Order, John Silver and Anna Jay, calling out Sheeta. And I'm now thinking to myself, after today, a division that is is had its its ups and downs, as we've talked about, now has what potentially could be uh, matches on in the on the horizon for. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa, which, yes, sign me up. You have Anna Jay versus Sheeta, possibly for the title, which, yes, sign me up. You have Serena Deeb, who will probably be defending the NWA title again at some point. Yes, sign me up. Jade versus Brandy, which after the promo, after the promo that Brandy had last week, I thought, which I thought was great. Everyone's divided. Who cares? But I think Jade has the look of everything you'd want from a wrestler. So, yes, sign me up. Uh <laughs> And uh, you have Nyla Rose and maybe Swole having something going on. Yes, sign me up. And Vicky Guerrero saying, excuse me, constantly, sign me up. I think that's five rivalries right now that, yes, sign me up. These are all great. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. And and maybe it's a little bit of the the male divisions here in AEW. Uh, I felt a lot of female storylines. This is my only gripe about AEW Women's Wrestling. So this is me on record. I never say anything. My only gripe was it felt like things were in silos. It felt like Britt Baker and Swole were in this rivalry and nothing kind of crossed over. You had Mm -hmm. uh, Sheeta and her opponent of the week. Then it never crossed over. Uh, But now you're seeing that cross-layer storytelling you're now seeing with AEW. I am not sure the reason why, but it does seem like, whoa, it feels like multiple universes are colliding. Even though, ideally, that shouldn't be the case. It's like, wait a minute. Why is Swole with Nyla and then Cheetah? Oh, man. So I think that's the excitement we were looking for. I really think it was the players were always there. It just took someone to put the toys in the box and just shake a bit. I love that example you say, putting the toys in the box and shaking a little bit, because you're right, it did feel a little bit like for a while you had the champion and then someone kind of cleaning house until they were the number one contender and then wash, rinse, repeat, where now, yeah, like I said, there's tons of stuff going on and all of them, one way or another, have interest to me. I want to see something happen there, which I think, again, is win-win for everybody involved. Is there anyone, uh, any of the women there right now that stand out to you as sort of a uh, Maybe the one to watch. Obviously, she is the champion, so she's always one to watch. Uh, Deeb is a champion, so she's always one to watch. But anyone else of, of those that group that stands out to you, I'll lead. I'll say I think Jade is one to watch. Again, 
maybe not the smoothest uh, takeoff last week, but again, she has the look. I think her social presence on on social media is great. Uh, I think she could be something. I'm not I'm not uh, giving up on her. Yeah, uh, my two choices for two different reasons, and that's Thunder Rosa and Jay, to your point. Uh, yeah, her debut was my first time seeing her in the ring, so forgive me if you're like, oh, God, we love you don't watch wrestling. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but you have that look, and you're kind of like, okay, where does it go from here? We gave you the show to start. Disneyland had problems the first day it opened, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So here's your chance to see, and Brandy is, may not necessarily be the most gifted athlete in the ring, but to have your first angle with someone so high up on the food chain, on the pecking order, means that they actually have some faith in what you can offer. And Thunder Rosa, too, for that separate reason. She's now not the NWA Women's Champion. She's going to be in the AEW for the time being. How does she mix week to week? How do you have someone who looks like an attraction work with among the mere mortals and keep that fresh? Uh, that's something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, interesting that nothing was mentioned about Shaq this week, by the way. At least that I maybe I didn't notice. Maybe it happened uh, maybe when I, I turned my head or something. But interesting that they made that proclamation last week and then there was zero follow-up on it. I don't know. Again, that's one of those interesting – Shaq's a name you don't just drop and then forget about it. You know, like that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the Wednesday night shows kind of do these two week cycles. And plus, you know, Cody was in the main event with another story beat. So I, I, to me, it would have been cluttered if it was like, by the way, Cody, <laughs> Shaq. <laughs> uh, but I won't be surprised if he shows up next week or uh, on December 2nd. So, um, yeah, you mentioned the main event, Team Taz with Taz, with uh, Taz. versus Darby Allen. He was back in catering. What the? And Cody Rhodes with Taz. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was funny. I actually didn't notice it. I'm glad you called it out because uh, it's, uh, it was, it was, it is a, it's a funny, like, Team Taz with Taz. Like, Can I come? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I can just imagine Taz backstage. You got to say with Taz, otherwise they won't know why I'm there. <laughs> Like thanks, graphic. <laughs> uh, so, uh, the, uh, you know, I I bet what happened is the graphic guy probably got a note. Like whenever there's a manager, say with and then the manager's name, and then they oh, got probably. Us, like okay, yeah, team sure. Taz with Taz, <laughs> featuring Taz, starring Taz, just start directed by. <laughs> uh, uh, there was another video with Darby Allen beforehand. I'm maybe I'm just too old, man. I don't get it. I don't really. I don't really get the B-roll, um, but it's popular. People like it. Uh, I'll take the L on that. Um, overall, I thought this match was was crazy. I was, I was fun. I mean, I thought I really liked the Yoshi Tonic from Darby on the cage. I thought that drill claw off the, the top rope was just terrifying. Uh, I definitely did the <laughs> when I saw that, you know. Uh, cage is a freak, man. Starks, I think, deserves all the TV time in the world. Uh, Cody Rhodes is great. I think Darby Allen is is great. Um, the match itself was great. Uh, the story, of course, is Hobbs at the end, though. Um, joining up with with Team Taz, I thought that that shocked me. That surprised me a little bit, to be totally honest. Uh, Team Taz, the the beefiest of the of the groups, it seems. A <laughs> uh, lot to unpack here. It's I didn't necessarily dislike Darby's uh, I don't know vignette or intro video, but I thought it went to break. So I was like looking at my phone, like okay. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. oh wait, it's actually, <laughs> it's actually yeah. this is a bad sign. You want to be glued when someone shows up. So maybe I am not quite taking the L. I'll take a half an L. I'll take a stick. I'll take a half. Yeah. An L. Uh, the <laughs> the lowercase L. The lowercase L. Uh, the yeah. match was pretty pretty solid, and it was interesting to me that Cody wasn't the one to take the fall, but Darby Allen was. 
champ because again darby and team taz have that history that's great but to, to your point will homs i'm glad i am glad he turned heel which i'm not a guy who says turn heel for heel's sake but he was a face just because a lot of times i feel like he's got involved in like dust-ups and, and brawls because he was like i want to fight people give me a reason why i should care you, you look amazing i will definitely care but give me a reason to be like oh watch this guy so now you have Team Taz. We're sitting here saying last week that maybe they're not the freshest of the groups here in AEW. And they went out and got themselves an insurance policy. So now you have Cage, who doesn't have to wrestle every week. You have Starks that can really break off and be a tag team partner or the lead role to mm-hmm. this Will Hobbs character. They even develop Ricky Starks more. And then Taz has another body, a person, where they can talk to in their promos. So it's a win-win. I hope they don't uh, just make it a quick, like, just kidding, uh, and make it a long-term thing. But I'm on board. Yeah, I think it it, it makes a lot of sense to me in the sense that, uh, you're right, I, everything you said, I think that someone like uh, Will Hobbs, who's still we're still kind of learning who he is as an audience, uh, I think being paired with someone like Ricky Starks, who's just jumps off the screen at you with his with his personality i think would be great for him to be standing next to hobbs uh and also or if you paired him up with cage again i don't know how you beat that double patty it's too too juicy too big of a meat patty there are you asking them out what what double Double patty (laughs) butler's job i'm just look man i'm just saying that's that's some some bison ground beef there. I don't know. That's a lot of uh, it's a lot of muscle in there. A lot of protein going around between those guys. I don't know how many grams of protein True. they they have. It's got to be four digits between the two of them. Jeez, uh, I know nothing about protein clearly, but uh, I I just I think it's good. I think it's fun. It was a good twist, and I think there's more. I think there's more for everyone in that direction. It kind of rejuvenates Team Taz a little bit, gives him a little bit more uh, a little more oomph. Um, speaking of oomph. We started the show with Top Flight versus the Young Bucks. Flobo, I said last week, if you've watched Dark, you know, Top Flight is a really fun, really good tag team. I said a lot of good things about them. I said you were going to like them. I said they were great. But I want to know, I want to hear from you, what did you think of Top Flight? I felt so bad because they were so great, but I kept forgetting what their name was. I was like, was it Top Flight? Was it High Risk? Was it Top Dudes? I had no idea. Top Flight's a terrible name, but besides that, uh, it's a fantastic team, and I'm glad that they got featured on Dynamite. Again, they shouldn't have opened the show because it, it was kind of understood the Young Bucks weren't going to lose to them, and I do still think that Jim Ross didn't do many favors. Be like, who? <laughs> But what yeah. they did in the ring was pretty awesome, and and uh, I know that's a problem they are. But what they did in the ring was pretty great, and I hope they're I hope they're on dynamite sooner rather than later. I hope they're not like a Scorpio Sky situation where they're brought in for the title and then like is off TV for a month. They should really be part of that mix now, uh, with a yeah. lot of the old players being shifted around. I think it's time for some new blood in the tag team division. Yeah, definitely felt like they, I, I thought they were they had good speed, they had crisp moves, they had a lot of style. I thought their teamwork was great. I loved how. Uh, there was definitely that moment where uh, a few moments where they would I, I, I can't remember the names of, of the individuals at this point, but uh, like they would jump over the rope and do kind of like the the swanton. Uh, they they yeah. arched their back and stuff like that a lot. They did a really good job of all that. Uh, I thought they just came in looking like a million bucks. They made the young bucks look slow, to be totally honest. They they made the the young bucks look like last generation. Uh, yeah, and they are not not to be not to be mean yeah. about it, but I think like wrestling has evolved and tag divisions evolved so much that no one has the lung capacity to, to do what these what these kids 
are doing. And uh, it reminds me a lot when when Jordan played Iverson and Iverson crossed him up. Jordan is still great. He's still the GOAT. He's still that conversation. But we all remember that one time where Iverson broke his ankles. That's what exactly what happened today on Dynamite. Yeah, I'll never forget when uh, Sean Kemp got the ball stolen from Queen Latifah uh, at Rockin' Jocks, <laughs> and I never looked at the Rain Man the same again after wow. that. Uh, yeah, I would break his. Yeah, I would put it on a poster. Like, I was like, good. Queen Latifah of all people. Why, <laughs> Rain Man? Why? <laughs> uh, but the um, yeah, I think this is just a great pickup for AEW. I don't know. Again, I don't know if they're signed because AEW is very interesting in that they'll have someone like they just said that they signed Matt Seidel, which is weird because he's been on like five or six times already. But uh, I thought they did amazing. I thought they did really good. Like I said, it it felt like they outpaced the Young Bucks, which is no easy task. Uh, It does make me wonder if your private party sitting back and and you were the young guys that were high flyers, seeing two new guys come in that are young high flyers, if if that makes you a a little nervous. Uh, It should. (laughs) No. uh, if you guys don't know me in my real IRL, right? I am a amateur esports athlete. And mm-hmm. after weeks of not being signed from a team, I sat and waited. I got signed as a reserve. I played once and we got reverse swept in a five game series. I haven't played again. And you, you guarantee it eats at me every week when the selection comes out and I am not chosen. And that is no money in the line. That is no TV deal. That's me playing a video game. So if I'm private party, if you don't feel that fire, if you're sitting there going like, it's cool, then you're in the wrong business. They should be getting the gym. They should be having more matches because we want to see them again too. They're a fantastic team. But right now my money is on what, top shelf, top flight, high risk. Top shelf, top flight. Top, top flight. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh so i can't give you too hard of a time i i i struggle with pretty dangerously or pretty pretty deadly, deadly. Yeah. is it pretty deadly that's, it's pretty that's, deadly that's... yeah it's pretty deadly but yeah oh, man that's a tough one um but the so yeah i thought this looked great now uh the hybrid two came out and yes! attacked them afterwards i love the hybrid two. Me and Jack Evans, both named Jack, both from Parkland, Washington, by the way. And uh, I, I feel like uh, maybe we bumped into each other before we knew who each other were at some point. We growing up as kids. Uh, he probably beat me up or something. I don't know. But the uh, I, I was really excited about this. My question to you is, I want you to project a little bit. What do you think is going to happen here? Because it was the Young Bucks that chased him off, but it was – top flight who attacked them are we finally going to get get to see the hybrid two get a little feature time on dynamite is this going to be something that top flight has to take care of is this going to be something that the young bucks have to take care of maybe a three-way tag match they haven't done that in aw before but what let me let me hear your thoughts you always have the good the good projections that's why i you're my vegas guy you're my vegas guy (laughs) i'm definitely your vegas guy (laughs) <laughs> that it all on zero. Um, I, I, I'm glad because the Hybrid Two are a team I want to see more of. You know, in Lucha Underground, my favorite wrestler was Angelico. I love him to death. But anyone from from you know Parkland, I don't know lukewarm about. But anyway, PKD. Whatever. <laughs> I do, I do think this having them attack to me realize that Top Flight are going to be in the future plans. Because the Hybrid 2 is a team that hasn't had momentum, and they've been around for a year, and they brought them out for this uh, example. So you're going to have this feud here. 
I'm thinking Top Flight gets an actual program with the Hyper 2, could spill over the Dynamite, uh, spill over the Dark, I mean, uh, and they will get the upper hand. But I really think this is AEW saying we're going to invest in this tag team division for the second wave because of how valuable tag team wrestling is AEW right now. A, their tag team division was such a shining light for them uh, early in 2020. And I'm not saying it diminished, uh, you know, but it, I think early 2020 before the uh, the shutdown, I think they had to sort of pump the brakes on having that many people in the ring at the same time and that kind of stuff. Uh, it was really, really, really good. And so I love that they're reinvesting in that. And again, these teams are great. And it's interesting how you can add just a couple of different teams and suddenly the whole division sparks up again. So I think it's really, really good. I think it's good for everybody involved. Uh, something else, uh, speaking of tag teams, Orange Cassidy had a match with Kip Sabian, uh, Miro on commentary. Uh, I thought this was a fun match. I think the the build to, to Orange Cassidy getting his hands finally in his pockets was fun. Uh, Kip Sabian, I've said before, I think Kip Sabian is one of the low-key MVPs of AEW because he's able to work with so many people, do so many things, have entertaining matches, but he's not someone that needs to be invested in heavily all the time, if that makes sense. Uh, he's not a – I always use Goldberg as the example. I love Goldberg. You know I love Goldberg. Yeah. But you had to uh, – they had to invest a lot into Goldberg. He had to right. run through a lot of people, and you couldn't let anyone go through him very often. Where Kip Sabian, I feel like, is house money. He, he can do whatever. It doesn't hurt him one way or the other. He always comes off looking good. I thought it was a great match. Um, what did you think of these two? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned comparing to other wrestlers because I see a lot of the Miz in him. And that is, mm -hmm. if I had any promotion in the world, you want a guy like the Miz. Which yes. just sounds weird to say. Yeah. Uh, doesn't have the, the best body, the best height, the, the the most deadly moves. He can win a match if you want to get the heat or get the, or the crowd response. But he is kind of like the Dalton scale in that, you know, you want to establish somebody, you involve him. He's a safe worker, has a nice look to him that's unique, then we can replicate him. So that utility, like, belt, that, that Swiss Army knife is important. And Kip Saban has a face you want to punch. So it all works out. So, yeah, yeah. of course. I like this comparison. I agree with you. The Miz is way more valuable than he gets credit for, by the way, because he's also someone you don't need to to feed people to. You know, he, he whatever he does, it doesn't matter how it, it starts. It doesn't matter how it ends. It works, and you don't need to necessarily, you know, pump him up. He's just good to go, and he'll be fine no matter how things turn out. And you're right. He's a very good glue kind of guy that holds things together. So I think that's a really, really good comparison there. Um, it, it looks like – no, I, mean, I was going to say it looks like we get uh, some combination of best friends versus Miro and Kip. Uh, something I'm noticing, though, is they're outnumbered because you've got OC, Orange Cassidy, on one side. I'm wondering if Miro and Kip are going to have to recruit someone to help them out down the road because otherwise, I don't know what we do. It looked like uh, we we could be expecting Miro versus Orange Cassidy, which I think could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, we could also have best friends versus Miro and Kip. I don't know. I, it's interesting. Maybe we'll get both of them to add to the sort of three man team between Team Taz and uh, the Death Triangle and the family. Uh, do you think we're going to get a third person? Well, I haven't even thought about that. I was going to say, oh, yeah, definitely. Best friends with Mirror and Kip. But then you're right. I mean, unless they have this thing where Orange Cassidy just 
is so into the rules of the sport, he doesn't get involved. <laughs> You're going to be a third person. And I don't know who, who's that. Like, who's like the, the one free agent in that, in that regard that would join Miro and Kip? I have no idea. Fantasy booking. Is there anyone that you'd like to see? Maybe even if they pulled someone in? Whew. I mean, uh, no, not at all. I was like, it's like I was going to say like Sean Spears. I was like, but no, I don't want to see him there. <laughs> yeah, the um, and Haywood also brings up Penelope Ford, uh, which is a great, great point there. Um, I'd love to see Penelope Ford get involved. I don't know where AEW stands really on on intergender situations, though. So. I don't know. I can't really. I don't really know if that one's gonna. They're playing get, it safe. It's gonna be in the game, which means I think the door is open. Which I think is, the game should have intergender wrestling, but I don't think they've done it. Uh, yeah. On TV. It's a touchy subject, and I get it. It's it's tough, but um, yeah, I don't know. There's a few things, uh, a few people I could see them bringing in, maybe from from Dark or whoever. But I don't know. I just like to see more and more people on TV, so I'd like to bring them in, and I like little three team factions. I think they're always fun to see. Um, but we are running out of time, so it is time for me to do what I call Elite of the Week. Uh, and that's where I count down my top five for the week, the top five performers. At number five, I'm giving it to Director X because I loved that promo for Boundless. I thought it looks fun. I'm totally invested. I totally want to see it. I can't wait till it comes out. I can't wait till we get to see more. At number four, we got Thunder Rosa. I thought she did an amazing job. And the fact that she's starting to really mix it up with some of the folks in AEW. And it's no longer just being a champion defending. But now it's getting personal. It's getting heated. I love seeing that. At number three, we have Serena Deeb defending the NWA Women's Championship. If you defend the NWA Women's Championship, you get put onto the list. It's just the rules. It's the way you do it. She's there. She did a great job. I love seeing her. At number two, we've got Kenny Omega looking good in a suit. You know I love a good suit, Flobo, so the cleaner goes in. Plus, he signed a contract, the contract signed, without getting damaged. I mean, that is unheard heard of flobo and at number one i'm giving it to pack because he's back he's looking jacked and he's got the death triangle back together again flobo he is looking like a man possessed i don't know what's coming next i have a feeling he's got a world title shot coming his way very very soon that's the top five of the week Possessed, uh, <laughs> uh, he doesn't know what happens next. Jack is dropping bars early <laughs> the week this week. Shout out. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm 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 feeling pretty uh feeling pretty good about that one. That was a pretty good uh pretty good use of the old microphone. Wow. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No uh, kids, but it's only a dad joke. I love it. Yeah, um, <laughs> I feel pretty good about that. Pretty good. So that's it for us. Flobo, you've stayed your hour. Uh, why don't you let the world know where they can find you online? Well, you can find us on our sister show, Draped in Gold, drapedingold.com, where we talk about NXT UK and NXT. And while Jack and I are together on the show called The Everything Tournament, I think this week's special start time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Thursday of this week. Can't wait to be a part of that. 
Yeah, that's going to be quite the day for us tomorrow. Uh, NXT draped in gold. I'm a little more feisty on the NXT on the NXT show. So if you were listening, make sure to check out draped in gold because that's where I get to be a little bit more feisty because Flobo has to take the reins and steer the ship. Uh, but yeah, then we're going like literally right from that into everything tournament. Correct. Uh, so it's gonna be a, we're gonna be chatting together for a long time tomorrow, Flobo. Yeah. You poor thing. Uh, but it's all it's all Marvel Cinematic Universe. We debate what the best part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is, whether it be the best sidekicks, whether it be the best weapon, whether it be the best character, the best movies, the best soundtracks, all sorts of stuff there. Uh, also, you can check out Anytime Radio. I do that every oh, – yeah. I just I switch right over to my own. Uh, Anytime Radio every Monday. Some really cool things going on with that. You used to have to listen to it via my website anytimeradio.com yeah. but flobo now you can hear it on spotify we got picked up by spotify you have to have spotify premium though to listen to it because we like to pay the artists it's the right thing to do and that's how they make their Wait, who's money we? <laughs> we, I hate paying artists. we uh spotify um but uh so yeah check that out it's on there um you can listen to it uh but also the big news the big surprising thing in jack farmer's life i have uh, started working with the united wrestling network i started last night tuesday episode 10 i got to do some backstage reporting flobo i got to do some stuff for their social media i got to talk with the doctor i got to talk with some wrestlers in fact one of them danny limelight he was actually Actually at AEW today, he posted up on social media, and I couldn't be happier. Danny Limelight was visiting AEW because, frankly, him and his buddy from the bodega scared the bejesus out of me. I'll be honest, Flobo, they intimidated me, they they bullied me a little bit, but it was a it was overall the event was a fun time. I definitely recommend everyone check it out on Fight TV. Uh, you can still catch the replay, uh, but uh, that's it from us. Wait, wait, hold on. Hold on. You just do this United Wrestling Network. You're just going to sign off. Uh, I speak for everyone who's currently in the chat. Talking Haywood Wong, Charlene, JLJ Media, uh, all these people here, Dylan Matthews. And the, uh, congratulations, and we're proud of you, bruh. Oh, uh, thank someone you. has to make it happen because I can't. No, man, I'll be honest. It was, uh, you know, still uh, journey. The journey's never over, obviously, but uh, it was a fun, big step. Uh, Getting to work with a lot of people there was absolutely amazing. Uh, tons of people there were great. Um, you know, it's 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 fun. It's it's definitely a fun experience. I'll, I'll be back next week for episode eleven. Uh, tons of cool stuff happening next week, so I definitely recommend everyone check it out again on Fight TV. And uh, hey, when I beg, when I beg and plead for those likes and comments, folks, that's why I'm doing it. Uh, so please like, comment, subscribe, and share, and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate all the love I got on Twitter as well. So thank you to everybody. Uh, now I'm going to sign off. I'm going to sign off, and I'm going to do that by saying, as always, ladies and gentlemen, do your best and be yourself.